The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days were completed for the purification according to the law of Moses, they took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself, a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Merry Christmas. We are still celebrating the day of Christmas. As a church, the whole church celebrates Christmas as one day, but in what we call an octave, eight days. The eight days of Christmas. We also have an Easter, the eight days of Easter. It's called an Easter octave, a Christmas 
octave, eight days. And we can scratch our heads and say, how is this possible? You know, we unwrapped all the gifts and all that. How can Christmas, which is one day, God born in time one day, be celebrated by the church in eight days? Well, there's a, there's a psalm in the Old Testament that says, a thousand years are like one day. And one day, like a thousand years. What? That's like 10 generations or more. Where I found the best answer to this, which was very helpful to me, was an encyclical, which is a teaching in the church or whatever, written by Pope Pius XII. Back in the time, 1940s or whatever, he wrote this encyclical, and it's called Mystici Corporis, which is the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ. And the way he describes it in that whole encyclical is he said, God, right, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father who sent the Holy Spirit to us, didn't leave us orphans. God is sitting on the mountaintop of eternity. The mountaintop of eternity. We only know things in relation to time. We were born in time, we walk in time, we check our watches, we operate our life in time, we have a certain span of time that we live. How is it, what's this eternity like? Well, I don't know, we have, we'll have the rest of eternity to figure that out. But the way it was described is God sitting on the mountaintop of eternity, looking down at time and seeing the beginning of time, which is the engine driving the train on the tracks, going in a direction, and the end of time, which is a caboose, only the Father knows, Jesus said that, only the Father knows the end of time, but you have all time, he's looking down from the mountain of eternity, down to time, and sees the beginning, the engine, running it, those who've gone before us, and the caboose at the end, and it's all there, and guess what? We, in 2023, about ready to step into 2024, we're in one of those boxcars. We're literally like in a boxcar, but we're free. We don't even know we're in a boxcar. I'm, I'm not getting weird on you, but it's kind of like, if you look at time, we're like that. We're, we have this earth that we're in, but, but it's, it's even greater than that. There's a whole universe, right? There's a whole universe that's out there, right? So we have no clue God's creation. He created the stars and created everything, but here we are inside time, we're in time, but we're all, independent of where we are, we're all moving somewhere. We're, nobody's getting off that track. Doesn't matter where we are, but nobody's getting off that, that track, is heading somewhere, and we know because Jesus came in a moment in time, in a boxcar of time, and was born as a baby, and walked this earth, and died in a moment in time, and rose in a moment in time, went back out, outside of time, into eternity, and sent the Holy Spirit upon us. But we're heading somewhere, and we're heading to the Father's house. We're heading to eternal life. And that's exciting. And so that in a way, if it helps you, eight days of Christmas, I mean, if we really look at it, every day is Christmas. When we come to Mass, when we come to Mass, it's like, you know, I don't know, growing up, I mean, when I was a child, I was like, man, it'd be great to be in a time machine. Doop, step in the time machine, go in there. When you come to Mass, it's almost like stepping into, with the mystery of faith, a time machine. We come out of time in that sense. But actually what happens here is, is literally on this altar here and through the living word of God, the word is eternal, but the voice may change in time. John the Baptist at one moment preached the word on the River Jordan, but he since passed. But the word is eternal. 
So in the mass, heaven and earth meet on this altar. Heaven and earth is proclaimed from the pulpit. It's there, it's the living word of God. So in a way, coming here, it's, it's like super cool. We somehow tap into what is eternal. We encounter the living God, this Jesus. Every mass is like being at Bethlehem when he was born. Every mass is like standing alongside Mary, that Simeon who lived in a moment of time, and Anna, the prophetess, who were waiting a savior, lived in a moment of time, and Simeon said, hey, in the future, your heart's gonna be pierced. We know what happened there. She stood at the foot of the cross. And so every mass is like literally being at the foot of the cross, being alongside Mary. We're there, we're present in the mystery. And where are we? We are, each and every one of us, when he looked out on all time, we're in the sacred heart of Jesus. He sees us, he knows us, and he loves us. Yet we're living in time. So, happy New Year's Eve, okay? We're coming up on 2024. You may already have, you may be so organized and you got your, Back in the day, you remember when we had agendas? You write down agendas? We don't have agendas anymore. I don't know how you do. Maybe you didn't on your computer, whatever, right? You have your plan. You have everything in aspect, all the corners of your life you're gonna work on, all that stuff. You may have that. Well, I'm gonna add something to that that's not gonna take away from that, but may point a little more into that, or you may already be there. You may not have a plan at all, and guess what? I got something for you, and I'm gonna give all of you the plan for the new year that the Holy Spirit put on my heart. And I got a letter, just like you got a letter. I got a letter from heaven. Yeah, news from heaven that said, here's what you can do in the new year. And it comes straight from a saint. And the saint is St. Paul. That second reading. Let's unpack it. I'm doing my best with the help of God's grace to memorize it. In that writing, he talks about have the word of God in your heart. Have it in your heart. The wisdom of God. We can actually carry that in our heart. We can talk to Jesus all the time. We can let him talk to us. So what does St. Paul said? He says, beloved, chosen ones. We're chosen by virtue of our baptism. All you men and little boys, by virtue of your baptism, you are, we are princes. Because Jesus Christ is a king. You're a prince. You're part of his kingdom by virtue of your baptism. All you girls, Little girls, no matter how big, little baby, I saw a little baby coming in earlier. Whether a little baby or you lived many years, you're a princess, you're part of his kingdom. You're a beloved one, you're chosen. Last night it was kind of cool because we had the 5 p.m. mass and, and some of you know Clarence and Marie. Well, Clarence and Marie are celebrating 77 years of marriage. So I'm sitting there talking to a young couple. We have 80 young couples, 80, thank you Jesus who are going through marriage prep. Not all of them getting married here. We don't have enough weekends in the calendar. But 80. So I'm talking to one couple. They're all excited. Father, we're getting married. We went on the website and all that. And they're talking. All that. And Clarence and Marie go by, right? And Marie's, Marie's oftentimes in the wheelchair, right? And Clarence, Clarence says to me, he's behind pushing the wheelchair. And Clarence goes, Father, my birthday's Monday. And I'm like, Clarence, how old are you going to be? Or how young are you going to be? He says, 101. 101. So then I turned to Marie and I said, Marie, now is he pushing you around? She goes, no, Father, I'm pushing him around. Right? But it's that notion of married life. There they are. It's like, wow, here's, here's a couple, 77 years of married. And the other couple's like, we're getting married, we're getting married. And I said, hey, there's Clarence and Marie. Hey, Marie, 
what's your advice for this young couple preparing for Mary? Marriage, you know what she said? She looked up with a smile, a twinkle in her eye, like always, stay close to the Lord. Stay close to the Lord. So what a great New Year's resolution to St. Paul saying, stay close to the Lord, put on. Those words, put on, beloved, chosen. Put on what? Heartfelt, not fake, not artificial. Coming from you, heartfelt what? Compassion. Cum passio. As we walk through this world, even those that may persecute us, utter every kind of evil against us falsely, people who may not even think like us, walk like us, be in the pew like us, whatever, to have heartfelt compassion, to suffer with them. We don't know their childhood. We don't know how they're brought up. We don't know where they're, but to say, have a heart that's moved for pity for them like Jesus when he stepped from the boat. And he said, they're like sheep without a shepherd. Heartfelt compassion. This is gonna be an hour homily because I'm gonna go through every one, okay, you ready? Heartfelt compassion. Then he goes on, he says, heartfelt compassion. Then he says, put on kindness. Kindness. Put on humility. Put on generosity. But above all, then he goes, put on patience. He says, put on generosity. Then he goes, put on patience. And the thing is, I found very interesting with St. Paul with that invitation to be patient is actually in parentheses in a way in the living word of God, it says, put on patience, right? And he says, bear with one another. Forgive one another. I don't know, it's famous at weddings. You got 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? And it goes through the whole thing. Love is what? Can you help me? Can you say it? Love is, say it again a little louder. Love is Love is patient. Then he goes, love is kind. I think that is a reflection of the life of St. Paul. It wasn't easy for him to live the Christian faith and to encourage the first Christians. He struggled. Patience must have been very hard. Patience. Put on patience. Bear with one another. Forgive others so that they may see us in the way we live as Christians. Then he goes on. Then he goes on. He says, but above all, but above all this, Put on love, put on love. Which in other words, my brother, sister, Christ, put on Christ, be another Christ. God is love. Put on love, put on real, authentic. I will die for you and I'm gonna show the world who Jesus is by the way I love. By the way I love my enemies, by the way I love those who persecute you and calumnate me, whatever. Whatever it takes, put on love. Put on love. Then he goes on, he says, may the peace of Christ control your hearts. That's gonna be a big one for me in 2024. The peace of Christ to control your hearts. What? Can't control everything. Turn over the controls of your heart to Christ. I give you my heart in 2024. Let the peace of Christ Control your hearts. Then he goes on and he says, I love this. He says, be thankful. Be thankful. What a great resolution that is to be thankful for everything. I thank you, mom and dad, for what you do. I thank you, parents. I thank you, my wife. I thank you, my husband. I thank you, my fellow parishioner. Be thankful. Then he goes on, he talks about, may the word of God be in your hearts. The word of God stirring in your hearts. The word of God in your heart, that you carry the word of God in your heart, right? And he says, 
Why? So that in all wisdom, in the wisdom of God, in the way Jesus did it, wisdom incarnate, teach, teach, and admonish. Whoa, what's admonish mean? Admonish is actually a spiritual work of mercy. We're familiar with the corporal works of mercy. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, house the homeless, bury the dead. Spiritual works of mercy. Educate the ignorant. Pray for the dead. Admonish the sinner. Oh, but we have to look to Jesus. How did he do it? He wasn't wagging his finger. Jesus was the one, he was the gentle guide, the, the pastor that went out to the lost sheep and he'd go around all the briars and brickers, get whatever, and kind of cut them off at the past and say, no, 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 don't go this way, go that way, go that way, go that way, I love you. And he let them roll, run over him. That's what we do when we sin, we run over Jesus. But he said, no, 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 go, go that, you're gonna go off a cliff. I remember once years ago, I had the immense grace of accompanying some high school young men that were at risk. It was another state. I was their chaplain in high schools, another state, another time. And I was accompanying them to Birmingham, Alabama, to a place called Chinacolo, which is a drug rehab center for those who were highly addicted to drugs. And the only ones who could go there were the ones who willingly said, I wanna get out of this. I feel tethered down, I wanna get out of this. And I'll go, because there were no gates, there were no fences, there was nobody keeping them there. If you wanna leave, leave. And the way that they operated, which was beautiful, it was all young men. They have one for women down in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. It's beautiful, but they come together as brothers in Christ or as sisters in Christ. They have prayer at night, and they draw from strength from the Lord. They put on Christ to the best of their ability, and one of the things that they do is they actually, in a way, admonish one another when needed. You didn't show up to do the dishes. You should have been there to help. You were thinking about yourself in this way with the food and you didn't share with others. They do things in a loving way. They find a way to help each other in that path to call each other out, to help him rise above thinking about themselves and thinking about that addiction that holds them down. So I took these young men there and we were standing there. We were standing before this one young man that was highly addicted, but he was two years into it and it was changing his life. And he talked about all night adoration, being with our Lord, all this stuff that was moving, reading the word of God, drawing his strength from the Lord, the help of his brothers who called him out. And when we talk about calling each other out, it's fellow Christians, help each other, help each other to be the best we can be. I need that at time as a pastor. Sometimes people go out, Father, the homily's too long. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just living on that mountaintop of eternity, so I'm outside of time, so I'm not thinking about time. But, you know, I mean, we need to kind of help each other. I know I had one homily years ago when this mom came up and said, Father, you said this, and the way you said this, this is the way my child took that. Can we talk about that? I said, thank you very much. We had a cup of coffee. How can I say that better? How can I, because you got to reach people before you can preach to people. But it was helpful. So here we are before this young man with a bunch of at-risk youth and he stands up and he's part of that group and he says, let me tell you who your friends are. I wish I listened to my true friends when I was in high school, but this is your friend. Your friend is the one who's gonna come to you at 11 o'clock at night when you're out and is gonna say, hey, didn't your mom and dad say you're supposed to call them and go home? That's the voice you wanna listen to. 
That's the voice you want to listen to. And those guys were blown away, but it was helpful. We have those helpful voices, right? So we're halfway through this passage, right? But in all wisdom to teach and to admonish. But then he goes on, he goes, sing. And I know Susan's like, yes, please sing. Sing psalms and hymns, giving thanks to God and glory to God. So we do at mass. And then he closes with this. He said, whatever you do, Whatever you do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. My brothers and sisters of Christ, I pray, I pray that it helps you to some degree, maybe this little bit, this reading, but if it does help you, you can get it on the way out. If there's any left, I got little handouts for you. It's right here, teeny little handout, put on Christ. And on the back, for those of you that heard during Advent, it has what's out of my control, what's in my control, that circle, little flip thing. Put it in your Bible, put it somewhere, but here's the resolution I'm gonna work on. Pray for me, we need to pray for each other, we need to help each other, but we need to step out with the help of God's grace. And this year, like never before, let's put on Christ. Let's put on the love of Christ. Let's walk with Christ. May they know that we are his disciples by the way we love one another, amen.